0: Welcome back to the hustle podcast. This is how I hustle. My name is Megan and I have the absolute pleasure of being your host. If you're a new listener, I want to say welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here. If you're a return customer, I'm still excited for you to be here too. Don't worry. Thank you for continuing to support my podcast and tuning in for another great episode. Before we get started, I have some great news that I really am so excited to share. I've been working on this for a while and, uh, Now I'm able to share. So April 20th is my planned release date for my Hustle Podcast website. It's going to be www.hustlepod.com and it'll host all of my episodes, blog posts, a little store if you want to buy any Hustle Podcast merch or swag, swiggity swag swag, you know what I'm saying. So that's going to be releasing soon and I'm very excited to share that with you all and have kind of like a kind of a home station instead of just my Instagram. So stay tuned and when I release it I will uh, post it in the comments below so you guys can all go take a visit. So sit back, relax, and here is another great episode of the Hustle Podcast. Alright everybody, as I'm sure you can guess from the title, today we're going to be talking about disaster preparedness and ways to make your business ready for the worst. So, I think a lot of businesses right now are going through like the worst, with quotation marks, that is unplanned for, uh, unpredictable, and we kind of had no idea that this was going to happen the way it did. Uh, But I think we can... Take examples from some businesses and then also take examples from others on what to do and what not to do. But as we sit in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, we kind of can get a bird's eye view now through the internet of all of the updates, everything going on. uh, Really how hard to get some resources are, how scarce they are. Uh, Also like things like the grim death toll. And the amount of uh, people sick. So this is creating a lot of fear and anxiety. And a lot of people have lost their jobs. Or you're simply just sent home and told to wait. Or furloughed per se. So this has led to record breaking unemployment numbers in the entire country. Uh, I don't think anything's been seen like what we're going through now. And tons of parents are also now homeschooling and trying to both work, if they're essential, telework, if they're at home and they have their, have to school their, their children without going, you know, crazy. Um, I've also heard that, you know, schools are pretty much done the rest of the year, but that some schools are keeping the children back a year. They're saying, Hey, you're, you you have not completed this year. You got to retake it. So it's absolutely nuts. What's going to, what's going on and what the future holds for the educational system. And not many people have gone untouched throughout this entire, uh, pandemic from food shortages to supply shortages, uh, like milk, eggs, toilet paper, paper towel, pasta, honest to God, pasta is impossible to buy right now at my grocery store. It's always gone. Um, and so uh, almost everyone is under a shelter home, um, order from their state and that means we are supposed to only go out for necessities or work if we're classified as a, an essential worker so uh, that brings into place social distancing and now we have to stand um, on the tape on the floor you know like children we have to be told where to stand in the grocery store because people we still don't know how to social distance without tape on the floor or tables to keep us away from the cashier, which is unfortunate. Uh, But, you know, that's where we're at as a society right now. So uh, then we come to the businesses. So the travel industry tanked first, uh, taking down airlines, cruises, and even Disney World. So I've heard people say, too, it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, the airline business shouldn't. The airline industry shouldn't be bailed out, um, ladies and gentlemen. If you realize what happened after 9/11 with the airline industry, they had to be bailed out. Um, people were still flying at a greater rate than what what they're doing now, and um, of course, they're going to have to be bailed out, or they're going to need massive financial assistance to be able to survive because. The only way an airplane is profitable is if it's in the air, for one, has to be flying. And if it's full of passengers, that's how the airlines make their money, is if people are flying. Um, they have very low margins. A lot of airlines like to ride ride the line of disaster uh, financially because that's where the profit is. And so, yeah, airlines have, are being hit hard. So, And I'm so sorry I know so much about this because that's like my degree is aeronautical science so the aviation industry is uh, close in my close in my heart of knowledge and everything that I know so I just thought that was pretty funny. So not only the travel industry but restaurants also are hit hard Um, that brings into question the servers and the waitresses that you know what are they going to do for work? Uh, movie theaters too are another big, a big one because of course we can't go all and watch the new movies coming out. So that's a pretty big deal. And I've seen movies now go direct streaming, which you can buy for $20 or, you know, buy your tickets to watch for 20 bucks or whatever price, which I think will have a big effect on the movie theater industry altogether in the future, uh, because, I'm not sure what the profit margin is of having a movie theater and all the ticket sales and things like that, but uh, pretty innovative, if you ask me. Then we move on to churches. They can't uh, gather anymore. Um, I honestly uh, think it's a good thing that churches can't. I mean, it's a good thing that nobody can, but churches to continue to have services is just irresponsible, in my opinion, uh, given the gravity of our situation. And you have doctor's offices and hospitals that are charged with preparing for the wave and mitigating the damage when it comes without adequate supplies or staff. And then you have the staff getting sick too. Let's not forget that. Small businesses that were barely staying afloat are now closed for an unknown amount of time and maybe forever if they can't recover. Also, uh, I got a cousin. He's trying to open a bakery and... He just, it's so, I feel so bad for him too because he just bought his, um, bakery. Like he got, he got the storefront, the brick and mortar and he can't even open it and he can't even get his business license because this, the county is shut down. You name it, you know, you can't do it. So if you're barely staying afloat and now you're struggling, you might not be able to reopen if you're, you were banking on opening and during this time you're dead in the water. And so that can be a hardship as well then we get into talking about gas station prices uh i live in california and i have never seen gas below three dollars a gallon so while that's exciting i just have no need for gas i have not probably drove even 50 miles in the last month so uh that kind of brings into a larger crisis for the energy industry as a whole with such a drop in demand on gas uh and Like the oil, you know, you got to think about that. It's such a lack of demand. And then uh, uh, the energy industry having to supply more electricity and water at home. It's just kind of a weird balance, uh, a weird time for the industry. So then grocery stores can't keep items stocked and are having a hard time complying with sanitizing measures. All sports seasons are done. No more conventions, no more concerts, all the tours are off, festivals are shut down, and all entertainment events essentially are canceled. So our economy has bottomed out, and yet some industries are struggling to keep up with the demand of their products. What? Wait, what? I just said the, econ- the economy tanked. It's Done. It's, it's, it's struggling. Yet some industries are struggling to keep up with the demand of their products. Businesses have been hit hard, but many small businesses may not survive the lockdown. And this is our new reality. And the reality is, too, that some are doing better than others. Some are able to thrive and adapt. And today I kind of wanted to look at why. Um, Why are some businesses doing better than others? All right, first we're going to talk about the only strategy that you need. So some of the surprising industries to me that are thriving right now, uh, the first example is a homeschool community because every kid is home right now. Home gym suppliers. I actually uh, have a home gym supplier that I've been going to that sold out of everything. And it was nuts. I'm so happy for them that they're successful and that they they had such profitable times right now, I guess. But uh, yeah, they sold out of everything and before... I don't know what they were doing, but I think they're much more well-known now. Um, Online freelancers who are able to help businesses become digital are doing well. Uh, Video conferencing programs like Skype, GoToMeeting, Zoom, just to name a few. TV sales went up. Yeah, because people went out and bought the ginormous flat-screen TV they wanted when they found out it was going to be Netflix and chill for a while. So... Why are these successful? It's because there's a need for the products and the services skyrocketed this spring. And they kind of got lucky this time. But what if you're not so lucky? Do you have a plan? And what if you are successful and lucky? Do you have a plan for that? To disaster proof your business, you only need one strategy. A safety plan. A plan for when you are told by the government to send workers home for when your manufacturing is stopped, a plan to pivot and make yourself essential, a plan to serve those who need it, a plan to downsize everything to minimize risk, a plan to expand rapidly should your service demand jump through the roof, a plan if no one is allowed to or cannot physically enter your building, aka telework, And a plan to not just survive, but to thrive. A well-thought-out safety plan will see you through disaster after disaster. You won't be sitting and making last-minute changes to desperately try to pivot so your business isn't shut down. You'll have already decided how to make yourself essential. You'll have already decided what expenses need to be cut and how you can best serve your customers in the new way that they need. You'll be able to work within whatever limitations arrive from a natural disaster, government restrictions, horrible PR, or even the collapse of the stock market. So before we go further, I want to take a look at some of the reasons why businesses won't survive or the ones that fail. So some people mocked the preppers. Well, okay, I'll be honest. Almost all of us did this. It's kind of started when I was in Ohio a couple of weeks ago in March, and I could not believe the fact that people were... Hoarding toilet paper. So, hopefully, most of us stopped mocking at some point and started doing our own prepping in our own way for our family. Other people sat in denial. They didn't accept that things were going to and are changing or look at how it affected their business and the ones they work with. This kind of created a domino effect of business problems. And what I mean is, one business can't pay its bills. So, The one it owes money to struggles to make up the deficit, it goes under and doesn't pay its bills. So you see what I'm saying? It's a domino effect. They don't have an apocalypse plan or a worst day plan. They didn't adjust when it became clear that drastic changes were going to happen. They don't try to scramble and come up with a plan even after the lockdown began. They throw up their hands and say, we can't. Or they kind of get a woe is me mentality. But the good news is it's not over yet. There's still time to find your lemons and make lemonade. And those lemons might be government issued lemons, but you know, I've had those before. Uh, Thank you Navy. But you know, it's still a lemon and you can still make lemonade from it. All right. So it's good news. So we still have time. So next up, I want to talk about how essential comes first. So in this time of fluctuation, it's the essential businesses who got the priority. They get to keep their employees, they get to continue business, and probably didn't have to do much changing at all, just because it was their job to do their job. But really, what is essential? Eating, breathing, shelter, medicine? And the support systems for those, right? Shipping, manufacturing, gas. There's a definite trickle down effect here that of all the essential companies uh and the essential industries and everything like that uh that we can see here and I'll definitely do a quick shout out for the military so my I'm a government contractor so I'm teleworking but we're still working so I'm fortunate there but my husband is active duty in the military and a lot of my friends are still in the military and I'm closely tied with the command and everything, um, in a support role. So there's a lot of people out there that are still working and essential. But first we could talk about what was really brilliant were the typically non-essential businesses who managed to get themselves classified as essential and they were allowed to continue business. Prime example here is Joann's, um, it's a fabric hobby store. So typically non essential. And they sell fabric, and we desperately need masks. So they started a mask campaign with patterns, pre-cut fabric, and all of their clients became their biggest marketers. So they're helping out on a major shortage, and they're making themselves essential. They have indeed closed stores, but they still do curbside pickup, shipping, and it's a fabric store, you guys. Isn't that incredible? So... There's actually a number of companies that pivoted just like Joanne's. You have Budweiser and other breweries that are manufacturing hand sanitizer instead of alcohol. Norwex is making masks and other filters. Ford and GM are heavily competing to produce ventilators. And we all know about the shortage of ventilators. There's a lot of fitness uh, industries or a lot of fitness companies I know of, like Rogue, I think they purchased 3D printers to make masks. I know of other companies that are just making masks and donating them for free. Uh, so I'm very heavily involved in the fitness industry. That's you know all I follow on social media and everything. so I've been seeing a lot there too. Also Etsy, I've read a new news article on Etsy the other day that a lot of people have shifted from their normal craft business to making, masks and selling them to people who might not be essential, but they still want to have a mask. And I think that is incredible and it's a good resource because if you're not essential, you don't want to take away from the free stuff, but you still do want to have a mask. But the thing is, it's not always about pivoting to be essential that saves the day. Sometimes you just need to be valuable and accessible. So Loom, which is a video recording software, launched their free educators program just as the school shutdowns were occurring. Forbes is hosting a free digital summit. Amazon is hiring 100,000 more workers and giving raises to people that are already there. Internet companies signed a pledge to keep people connected via the Internet, and they're doing it even if they can't pay. U-Haul announced 30 days of free storage for college students. And restaurants everywhere have suddenly become drive throughs and curbside pickup is now a thing. Also, I want to touch on Amazon doing another pivot is they changed their shipping. So, you know, you, we all had prime shipping pretty much. And now it's kind of back to the normal. Hey, it's going to take a couple of weeks to get to you because they're prioritizing the essentials, which I think is incredible to see such a large business be able to shift their um logistics of the shipping and supply which is just insane to me to think about doing that but they were able to and they're able to get the essentials out to people quicker now but the key here my whole point is that it was a quick pivot manufacturers had to figure out how to change over their machines and have a new product as quickly as possible and many did it in a week sales models for restaurants shifted overnight Schools had school end on a Friday, and no one returned to the building on Monday. The landscape is changing rapidly, and it's the flexible and nimble who survive. If a heavy giant like Amazon or Walmart can shift, smaller businesses can do it too. And while we might have less resources as a small business, but it, it gives us dexterity and speed that the large guys just can't achieve. Reliability is essential. When all is said and done, we're going to remember the businesses that did something for us, that maybe kept our favorite food in stock and donated what they could to a soup kitchen. Maybe they gave us something free that made our lives so much easier as we transition. They worked overtime and hired more so that supply chains didn't fail. When you have a plan, you know what to do in a crisis. And when you know what to do in a crisis, you can spend your time helping those who can't. But the ones that stood still, who kind of kept the status quo, no one's going to remember them. No one's going to remember that email that assured all your clients that you'll do your best to continue service uninterrupted. You're already expected to continue service, and while understandable, it would be a disappointment if you don't or you can't. However, in the flood of businesses shutting down, it won't be remarkable. It'll be overshadowed by the next email announcing a benevolence campaign fund or a free service for those who need it. You need to be someone that your clients can count on in a pinch. So, brings me to my next point. Service is critical. I'll say it again. Service is critical. The customer is always right, and you know just how important customer service is. It's in this time when everyone is panicking and anxious that you can be a leader. So, here are some things to consider as a leader, as a business owner. Incomes are lowering and spending is following. Offering your services as smaller pieces or at a lower price point can help create opportunities. Think about mini versions, or dividing up into pieces and low cost samples, or you could do things like a package deal and offer multiple items together uh, at a more discounted price. And here's a creative idea. Is there a DIY version of your product that you could make and sell? Keep in contact with your customers. Provide value, not sales messages. Meet them where they are. And let them get your services in new ways because they have new needs and wants. So, like this movie, Emma, it was supposed to go to theaters, but instead they switched it up and to get people what they needed the way they wanted to consume it, which was through streaming, digital services. Above all, though, through everything in this pandemic remember your ethics. Helping and benevolence goes much further than good PR. People can see authentic generosity over generosity to get you hooked and make a future sales mentality. You're not helping because it's leading to sales, but because people need you. Doing what is right always doesn't seem profitable, but it is in the long run. If you get creative and you have a plan, there's a good chance that not only will you survive this apocalypse, but you could thrive in it. So think. Think hard and creatively about how you can weather the storm. It's opportunity. It's not an apocalypse. What essential services or products do you supply? Could you change up your offerings to become essential? What do you need, not just want, that you offer? What would you change if an essential part of your business was out of commission? Are there delivery systems that you can explore? Is there something different that you can offer to make people's lives better? Examine your operations. What's going well? What needs improving? Can you automate some of your processes? Can you create the buffer needed if you did have to shut down for half the year? Then when the crisis comes, don't forget to acknowledge that it's happening and launch your plan. Use the opportunity to improve systems you might otherwise neglect. Work on your website, SEO, or social media. And I've actually seen several companies that have redone or update their website while operations have been slow. You could actually set up an e-commerce store while you're at it. Or you could do training and expand skills for you and your employees. Um, a site I like to use is called Udemy, and it's a great site with virtual training that's very affordable. But the trick with this site is they often offer courses full price, like 200 bucks. but if you just put it on your wish list, you'll get alerted, and they I'm telling you all the time, they go on sale for like twelve ninety-nine, which is like a crime that they would ever sell it for $200 in the first place, but whatever. So I always just end up waiting, and I can get the course for cheap. So another option too is to spend some time in self care and growth so you can hit the ground running when you're back, develop a plan, a new marketing plan, um, a new business plan, maybe shift your business into something that you've wanted to do for a while, but you haven't had the time. Stay connected with your people. Most of all, the internet is a wonderful tool if used, right? But there are other avenues should we lose it next time. And you should practice that ahead of time. Do something good. Benefit someone other than just your business. And finally, count your blessings. Gratitude makes any situation lighter and it keeps us in the right frame of mind. Um, And that's kind of like what I've been trying to do. Like I hate teleworking. Um, It's not good for my mental health. I miss my schedule. I thrive on a schedule. But I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to telework and a lot of people aren't. And so I tell myself that all the time, like, hey, Megan, you're still working You're still able to work on your business and your hustle podcast and you're still able to do everything. You're just stuck at home. So, you know, be thankful for what you have. And so that's why I tell myself, I know these times aren't easy. And while I haven't really launched my business yet, which I'm desperately trying to get there, you know, I will, um, for those of you that do have a business, you know, hang in there. I've said this before, um, this too shall pass. So if it's all about you know using this as a lesson learned and going forward and disaster proofing your business the right way, And now we know these things can happen. I think a lot of us faced hard realities and we need to be ready. Uh, we need to have savings, we need to have plans. We need to have a safety plan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for you today on how to disaster proof your business. Don't forget that my new website's coming out in a couple weeks, uh, April 20th. And if you have some spare time in your quarantine schedule, please drop me a tag on Instagram at hustle podcast and use the hashtag. This is how I hustle. So I can feature your hustle on the podcast. I would love, love, love to be able to share it with everybody and explore what you're doing to hustle and support yourself, support your family, or be a boss entrepreneur. You name it. I want to feature it and share it with everybody else. Catch us next time on the Hustle Podcast. This is how I hustle. Again, I'm your host, Megan, and thank you for listening.